the dead ass of winter is right here in your face. The only thing that keeps me from spiraling into a world of depression is coffee. Well, that and a heaping handful of Lexapro. <laughs> Am I right? <sighs> Did you know it's the number one source of antioxidants in the U.S.? Coffee. I mean, not Lexapro. <laughs> coffee is also the third most consumed beverage around the world. In all honesty, mornings are my favorite because as much as waking up is hard to do, coffee is there to greet me. And when that coffee is one of Life Boost's many amazing flavors, it's even better. Who wouldn't want to wake up to a hot cup of toasted coconut to transport you to a Caribbean island of sun and sand? Or maybe you need a bit of English butter toffee to sweeten up your AM routine. Whatever it is, you can sip your cup with a happy heart. Knowing that when you purchase Life Boost, you're also helping the planet, since part of the proceeds go towards the Rainforest Trust for conservation of the wildlife. If you're trying to save money by going out less and making your own coffee at home, then why not get the best coffee you can for yourself and the planet? Today, you can use our code of UNMASKEDPOD to save yourself 30% on your first purchase of Life Boost. Why not try it? I mean, you're saving 30% by using our code of UNMASKEDPOD. You'd help yourself, the planet, and this podcast. Love you. Cheers. In a world of ordinary, it's time to unmask the extraordinary with Unmasked the Podcast. With host Brandon Zimmerman. Welcome to Unmask the Podcast. I feel like you're my nose, man. Just about everything about me. Eye candy of the night, 100%. <laughs> Sarah Zimmerman. I want to be on the back end of RTV and just like, kuh, 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 kuh. Right. Um, I saw Amanda Nunez and I'm pretty sure I fell in love with her. I want to just be her. It's time to unmask your true potential. Welcome to Unmask the Podcast. Story time. Story time. Episode number three of our stories. Kind of a, kind of a new little fun segment we're doing yeah and today sarah has a story for I us you have a story for you okay so before we get going on our story i want to ask you something do you remember field day at your school did you have a field day yeah we had field day did you enjoy your field day or was uh, it like a day where you were like i don't feel good to your mom like a little bit i <laughs> well i wasn't a sporty person but i did enjoy the fact that it got me out of like real work like like school work and stuff yeah so okay. i could at least be outside i, I I remember playing kickball. Yeah. At yeah. some point. And, like, uh, I'm, I remember the field days that I worked at Harrison Hill than I do like the actual field days that I participated in. Because if I'm going to be honest, I probably didn't participate in a lot of field days. I did not like being outside. I did not like sporting. I was not. Yeah, being was not being outside was fun, but I wasn't a sports, a sports boy. A sport boy? A sport so boy. So when I think of schoolyard games, it's just like that, right? It's just like kickball. It's just a bunch of smelly kids getting to burn off all their it's almost summer energy and spray each other with water and like eat popsicles. There isn't a rhyme or reason. And I honestly just like thought those games were just kind of made up by a bunch of school teachers who were like, let's get these kids out of the building. But field day games are no joke especially for school nurses. The day, like, field day for school nurses has to be very nerve-wracking. I want, like, a school nurse montage where 
they're packing all the ice packs before the field day and like all the band-aids are stocked and all their inhalers are ready to go because our field like our nurse that day worked overtime for sure yeah i don't know if a lot of kids got hurt or not i mean i'm sure like during kickball some people get kicked to the ball <laughs> Scuffed right. me, sliding no, like, the base or something. Okay, but. okay. One particular field day, I was working, and this is so embarrassing for me. Well, it it was embarrassing, but I had to play it off like it wasn't. But in reality, I was like, oh my god, I can't believe that happened. It had just rained the day before, and I was in charge of the like one of the relay stations, and the like. We were kind of hit or miss if we were going to do field day that day, and I was out there kind of vibing with the art teacher and it was great and, and I like there was no kids out there and I this whole day there's this huge puddle it had to have been like two yards long huge can't miss it right and kids start coming out finally and I'm like hey guys and I go to like run up to them to be like energetic and be like hey welcome to field day like I'm so excited to start and I fucking slip and I land ass first into that puddle oh, in no. front of all these children who bust out laughing of course and I get up and my entire backside is just covered in mud it looks like I had explosive diarrhea all over the back of me oh <laughs> it was not the vibe and the the frustrating thing is is that during field day there isn't a lot of um time where teachers can come and like give you coverage for the your prep or whatever so i just had to stay out in that outfit the entire day just covered in mud. explosive diarrhea explosive mud diarrhea everywhere but That's what i told people that happened i am not <laughs> i am not going to talk today this story is not about explosive diarrhea sorry to disappoint oh but i am going to talk about one field game field day game in particular that is the most dangerous of all the field day games, what game do you think it is? The first thing that comes to mind is like dodgeball. If you can dodge a wrench, you can dodge a ball. Okay, I've yeah. Seen the movie dodgeball. Which is funny because I don't even think dodgeball is allowed in schools anymore, or like Probably we weren't not. allowed to. I mean, but I'm actually going to play, or I'm going to talk about Penny's favorite game in the whole world. Huh? Well, it's not Red Rover. <laughs> it's tug of war. Tug of fucking war. Tug of war. So that's a dangerous I, game. Yeah, it's it is. One of the most dangerous games, I think, that students are playing today. And this is a fun fact. Well, it's like, it's a morbid fact. But more people have died playing tug of war than have died in the octagon. Well, I believe that. Yeah, exactly. Because I was like, it's not a big stretch. Because as of today, knock on wood, no one has died in the octagon. Right? Yeah. But... Honestly, I wonder, okay, I honestly, like I wrote down, I wonder if it's like Disney where they don't declare people dead in the octagon until they're removed and then they die like in the hospital. Like, did you know that that's a thing in Disney? You are not allowed to be declared dead in the park because they don't want that on their head. That makes sense. Yeah. Insane. Walt, frozen and in carbonite, made that declaration before they put his body away. He was like, hey, nobody gets to die here. I'll be watching from above. <laughs> so, then... <laughs> right, exactly. Don't you dare let anyone die in my parks. And they're like, all right, got it. So, before my stories, I want to give you a very small bit of insanely, 
long history of tug of war. So a small bit be... of long history. <laughs> no, I <read> okay. <laughs> I read it and I was like, girl, that doesn't make no sense. All right. So there isn't really a point of origin in as tug of war like there isn't a one day the greeks like found this rope and pulled it and actually tug of war goes back as far as 500 bc ancient greeks used this game um as like a train or they also had training 10,000 years ago and china would use this game as a military training so tug of war is usually played with like rope um um and you put one person on the end of it and one person on the other, right? Yeah. But various indigenous tribes in Canada would use antlers or tusks, and they would pull each other. So one person would pull one and one person would pull the other. I so gotcha. it doesn't necessarily have to be rope. It can be anything. As obviously Penny has showed us, she will just play with a sock. or It, it a, doesn't necessarily this, have to be an entire group of people either. It might just be one. Right, it could be just one. 1v1. One. One, one, one one. Dog versus human, doesn't matter. Um, other tribes would put a bone or a tusk e- um, on each end of a very short rope and put the bone between the teeth of a man and a woman, and they would use it as like a courting ritual, um, and they would pull trying to get the other one to fall on top of them, which is, you know, that's what's happening. So swoon, it's I very, guess. Very hot. man. So hot. Yeah. <laughs> um, I I genuinely had no idea. And to be honest, I didn't really give Tug of War a lot of thought. I just thought it was that annoying game that Penny will not stop letting us play. But I had no idea that this is was so worldwide. But looking back on it, it's not something that I, like I said, I put, wouldn't put much thought into it until I did research for this. So Tug of War is even actually part of the Summer Olympics. Oh, um, or it was from the 1900, like from 1900 to 1920. And they discontinued it because there was just like an oversaturation of games that they wanted to play during the Olympics. Too so many, it kind of got the cut. Too many casualties. <laughs> yeah. So here are the rules. Okay. So there's actually official tug of war rules. Oh, shit. There's not, they, they don't fuck around. They are like, these are the actual rules. There are sanctions. There's a whole thing. So one, it requires a judge. Um, you can have a team. Sometimes it's six, sometimes it's eight. And in the Olympics, sometimes it was like a mixed team. So this is kind of cool because then it kind of made countries come together so like sweden and denmark had to play against like another two other country teams and they kind of had to like win against those teams um number three there are three different commands that the judge gives the players and the judge first announces pick up the rope so everyone picks up the rope then he says take the string and then he finally tells the players to pull so i'm assuming take the string i couldn't find it in my research but take the string is probably like pulling the slack out of the rope so it's not just like you know holding it yeah um and then pull and once the pull command is said out of the team um said the team start pulling the rope. Duh. If a member of the team falls down, that member is given a caution. So it's kind of like a like a warning. Like you get one warning, you can't like, fall whoa, down again. Whoa, buddy. Yeah. Watch so, your footing. <laughs> yeah. So each team is allowed two cautions before getting disqualified. So playing tug of war was not just like pulling a rope. You you have form, you have to have strength. And and teams would actually train for this. They would have like college teams where you are doing, you know, various exercises to make yourself stronger, to make yourself heavier. And yeah, there's like a crude understanding of how physics works. So you have to understand like 
okay, if I pull this or if my team does this, then the rope will do this, right? So if not, you try to do something dumb, you could get fouled. Like for instance, if you lower your elbow to your knee or below the knee uh, level while pulling the rope, it's considered to be a foul and it's called locking. Oh, yeah. So touching the ground for longer than uh, for a longer period of time is also considered a foul. Okay. So like you, if you fall, that's one thing that that's a warning. You could potentially get fouled for that. But if you were like holding a rope and touching the ground for too long a time, you're out. And as people tend to do when a rule is set, they try to find a loophole, right? So in 1908, the Liverpool police were thought to be cheated by weighting their shoes. Oh, quote, shit. Yeah. So, quote, we're wearing, the Liverpool police were, quote, wearing enormous shoes, so heavy, in fact, that it was only with great effort that they could lift their feet from the ground. So they were basically just, like, packing. So... <laughs> I imagine them wearing like clown shoes, right? And they're like, they're like, there's something in your shoes. And like, <laughs> no. what's in our shoes? Nothing to our shoes, right? Right. Or the- like wearing like coming to the, um, to the tug of war game, and they're all like wearing Frankenstein boots, and you're just like, the hell? What the hell is going on here? <clears throat> yeah. So, <laughs> I thought that was just so like, interesting. Like, who thought about that? I mean, it made me think of the um. The radio lab when they were playing football and they one of the teams like sewed a football onto their jersey so it made the other oh, team confused yeah, yeah. where they were and then they had to like say that wasn't allowed anymore. Yeah. So like the UFC, there are weigh-ins for this sport, but not individual weigh-ins. So you don't weigh one person at a time. It's the combo of your team has to weigh. Yeah, I yeah I've heard of other like team sports do that. Where, oh like, really? Yeah, like you can't weigh. Like, together you can weigh x amount of pounds <laughs> yeah so like they're like we got two huge guys we need a little guy because right. we got two two yeah. really big guys and that well that's interesting you say that because a lot of the way that you stack each side your team it kind of depends like do you want the brunt of your weight in the back or do you want it like separated do you like i'm assuming there's strategies that people are like we're gonna put you know little mikey up front but then we're gonna put big tom Big Sam and Big Tom too, in the middle. You know. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, so we uh we did a team building thing at work, and it wasn't the same thing, but we we had to pull dump trucks in neutral, and like whoever crossed the line first was like oh yeah the, the winner yeah you know? and like I get put on a team of like mid sized people, and then there was one team that had one guy who's a power lifter, and he's a big dude anyway, so he's he's power lifter right. and he's a big guy. And then, like, another team had, like, a th- almost 400-pound dude on it. And, of course, like, those two teams did really right. well. Right, because they're dumb trucks themselves. We just themselves. got our ass kicked. Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> there was no pulling the damn right. thing. And that's where, like, these weight classes come in is, like, your team can't, you know, who's, like, the German team from, like, Germany, Germany, I don't know. Germany, Germany. Yeah, the team from Germany, Germany can't go up against, like, you know the tiny people of tiny town that would be they have to weigh a certain amount right? <laughs> well, sorry they're there sorry, just they're bad. there trying to pull <laughs> they so, can't even reach some floor 
<laughs> now you know the rules of this game. And because it's a sport, often there are records. And like my last sport story, the Guinness Book of Records makes an appearance. He just comes out and says, break me, bitch. So these kids set out to do just that. Now, we also need to take time. Take the time machine today. It's been a minute. So I'm going to like dust it off. dust off of it. Like oil it up. Squeaky, squeaky, right? And I bought you these bell bottoms and a muscle shirt so you don't stick out. Oh, and I snagged a fucking badass pair of Nike Cortez sneakers, which, if I do say it myself, say it myself, are legit as hell. Like, these shoes are fucking dope. Um, quick fashion moment. These bad boys were released in 1972 and absolutely made Nike the name that it is today. So without these shoes, the you may never know the name Nike. Oh, these are the amazing shoes. And we can go down that rabbit hole another day, but they definitely make an appearance in Forrest Gump. Just oh, a heads up. Okay. Like these are fucking dope ass shoes. So back. Back in our time machine. Taking our time machine. Ready? Yeah, let's go. Get in. Get in there. In night to nineteen seventy eight, June thirteenth to be specific, 1978, and we're going to a school called Harrisburg Middle School in the suburbs of Pennsylvania. We're short enough, so we should be able to blend in. Your beard is, you know, it is it is what it is. You I'm may just, have to shave. I'm but just shave it. Okay. It's fine. So the principal at this time was Mary Latin, uh, Layton, and she gave the go-ahead to the students to attempt a world record uh, for the largest game of tug-of-war ever. So this is kind of a time when all the kids were done with finals and as a teacher, like, I really get it. You kind of just try to keep these kids from, like, going stir crazy having to take a bunch of tests so the principal was like yeah like that sounds like a morale booster let's do it you know everybody's stressed let's have a little fun right so the principal gave the okay to do this huge tug of war game so in tug of war they needed a rope obviously and they had borrowed one from the pennsylvania electric company and it measured in at two thousand feet holy shit yeah all of the students all of them from seventh eighth and ninth grade lined up and took the rope as the whistle blew feet dug into the ground students pulled with all of their tiny middle school might (laughs) they tugged they pulled and all of a sudden (laughs) snap Quote, it sounded like somebody had pulled the string of a party cracker or called 14-year-old Shannon Malloy. This rope was actually rated for 13,000 pounds of pressure. It just gave way to the students, tearing through bone, muscle, and tendons of five different students, severing fingers, thumbs, and sending 66 students to the hospital for fractures and second to third degree burns on their hands. What the fuck? They they weren't wearing gloves? No, because gloves isn't even part of it. I don't even know if that's technically allowed. Uh. I'm pretty sure it's not even allowed. So if they're breaking a Guinness Book of World Records, these middle school kids, I mean, how many times are you like, let's play tug of war, and people are like, oh, no, you can't. The rope could break. You know what I mean? Like a school-sanctioned thing, I thought. Yeah, but it's 1973 school-sanctioned. It's not 2023 where parents are freaking out about everything, you know? So 
It's the seventies, like right. This is the time. I just wanted. Did the rope company get sued? (laughs) It wasn't a rope company. It was the electric company, and they had borrowed it from them. What the fuck? Exactly. So it was just like, oh yeah. Does anyone have a rope? Yeah, we got a rope. Let's help these kids. You know what I mean? Like it was kind of that thing where no one was. Company should be like. It was rated B for thirteen thousand pounds of pressure. Like there's, that's. The thing is, is that I don't think that anyone thought that this was going to happen. I mean, you just you never would have even considered this as a possibility. You know what I mean? So it's like 13,000 pounds of pressure and what, 700 kids all putting as much pounds as they can. That doesn't feel like it could reach that. But yeah, here are the casualties that happened. So. Daniel Burnett, 16, lost his little finger on his right hand. John Prince, 14, lost the tip of his little finger on his right hand. Dale Roberts, 13, lost the tip of his little finger. Dale uh, Marie Louise, uh, 13, lost part of her thumb. Um, Shannon, who I quoted earlier, was quoted saying, she said, I smelled something burning and I thought it was the rope, but I guess it could have been my hands because that rope went through their hands. Exactly. There was a photographer there to bear witness to the uh, record attempt. And he said there was some confusion at first until the kids realized what had happened and looked down at their hands, at their burned hands. I saw one kid running with his hands up in the air saying, my finger's gone, my finger's gone. Insane. Exactly. It was pandemonium. It was absolute pandemonium. Could you imagine? Okay, so let's leave this scene. Okay, let's let's get get back in the time machine. Sorry, kids. I hope too much. You recover soon. They're they're older than we are now. So right. (laughs) Gosh. So okay, let's get back into the time machine, and we're gonna go the fuck home. But while we do, I'm gonna tell you because I don't want to witness this about a few boys. I don't want to go this way, and we're not going to Germany. Hannah will go to Germany later. We're not. So. I don't want to witness this moment, but a few Boy Scouts in Germany who attempted a world record did not turn out well either. In 1995, a truly blissful year for little Sarah and Brandon, I'm sure, but not so much for these kids, 650 Boy Scouts grabbed onto a thumb thick, as one article put it, nylon rope and began to pull. The rope gave way again and recoiled so fast and so hard it hit one boy in the head and killed him instantly while the rest fell and another student died from being crushed by his teammates holy fuck right like this is tug of war my dudes this isn't freaking now okay if someone was like red rover is the most dangerous game yeah i could totally see that arms getting broken in half but it is the force of another student it's not there isn't another like element put into this right yeah tug of war man fucking just just play it don't try to break the record (laughs) yeah maybe that's where everyone gets like hung up is like they just keep trying to break a record and helmet (laughs) i don't know shit but if you had to lose a finger what finger would it be uh i mean i guess the fuck i don't know like i use them all Like, that's really hard to say. So, apparently, I learned this the other day. Um, if, like, the company that I work for, 
well, it was like at Firestone or Bridgestone, they said that if you lose like your ring finger, it doesn't pay in disability as much as if you were to lose your thumb because you need your thumb more than you need like your ring finger. I thought that was wild. There's a degree. And There's a degree. Yeah. The fuck? I know. I don't know. This dude is worth $10 a month. This is right. worth 15 Right. What the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that insane? That's ridiculous. Exactly. So, yeah. I mean, tug of war, it's interesting. It's really fun. But um, it sounds like breaking records is dangerous. Yeah. I mean, I know there's like, there's there's some risk when you do an extreme sport. But I never would have thought tug of war would be like an extreme sport. No, I just thought you're pulling off fucking rope and you're trying to pull somebody across the thing. I mean, it makes me think of, okay, Squid Games, um, when they did the tug of war thing, they pulled an entire team over and they fell. deaths oh you know i didn't watch that but, i i missed out on squid games but, entire but the game. rope didn't snap you yeah. know it was just <laughs> it was just the whole point of that game was well one said he has to die and the other team lives yeah but that's not what we're talking about here <laughs> this is children trying to break a record right the exactly fuck? so oh my god are there any the photo- there was a photographer at the one in the 70s. Yeah, there was a photographer Is there, there. Do they have photos? I don't think they have photos of the, like, not, moment I'm that I'm not talking happened. about the aftermath. I'm talking about, like, like, like the pre, like, when they were, like, doing it or starting to. Oh, oh, um, I don't know. I didn't see a lot of photos that were exciting enough to be like, this is, you know. I kind of like the idea of, like, just before everybody <laughs> you know like the precursor yeah they were all so happy until they were moments all so later, happy right i know? mean i feel so bad because it's just like so traumatic for what like a silly game that didn't need to be that yeah crazy it didn't need to be that silly it didn't need to <laughs> this is what your parents are warning you about when they're like stop being silly stop the being that extra got a little silly got a little silly People lost some fingers. Yeah, they sure did. So I guess in conclusion, which (laughs) I guess. So I guess what I'm trying to say from this story is fighting your friends is safer than tug of war. Yeah. That's right, kids. You heard it here first. Don't do tug of war. (laughs) The The mortality rate of tug of war is still higher than the mortality rate of UFC. Yeah. Do mixed martial arts, kids. Or the octagon. I can't say for sure. Not boxing. No, no, no. Lots I didn't say boxing. people die during boxing. Yeah. <laughs> Let's leave that one out. Yeah. Not the two guys that I had talked about, though. Although that one guy did, because he, like, fell on the floor. He died but... at, like, 40 from <laughs> fucking brain damage. Oh, <laughs> uh, the 1800s of it all. Oh, so. yeah. Yeah, well, thank you for listening to my yeah, story. I've been really it. wanting to tell you that one. Like, I've really wanted to talk about that one for some reason. I thought it was crazy interesting. That's, but. Yeah, it's fucking nuts. Yeah, I will uh, I I'll be wanna, doing more research. And I kind of want to play Tug of War now. Well, I'm sure Penny will be up for I'm it. I'm sure Penny's down. Penny, you might die. We got to be careful. <laughs> <laughs> the vote might snap. Oh, my goodness. That was fun. All right. <laughs> Bye. Thanks, everybody.